not sing the words and just picture yourself as you're hearing them. You can actually find yourself in the story. It's an actual narrative. That's why they're so powerful because you start, you, you, within yourself, your own imagination, you know, your image center starts to picture being there, you know? Imagine coming up to baby Jesus. And then that, we just sang that line, you fall on your knees, and I can hear the angels' voices. I wonder if that, that's what it was like for the wise men and for everyone else that, that was there. I wonder if that's what it was like as they came closer, if they could hear heaven singing. It, it's a narrative that captures us. So Matthew chapter 1. We're going to jump straight in so that we can enjoy each other's company soon. And look, I've only got 27 minutes left. Samuel, you started that timer early. Anyway, <laughs> Matthew 1, verse 18, I'm reading from. Uh, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, Joseph, son of David. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. <laughs> Joseph named him Jesus. That's, that's just an awesome name. Because if you say that name enough, that name brings you to tears without anything else. You know, and we have a, a running joke, myself and, and Grace, uh, one of our faithful family members here at Mount Clear, because I have an Italian background, and I often call myself an emotional wog, you know. That's how I grew up. I grew up in West Footscray. That was very common to be called that. I never took an offence to that. I like the idea of being a Western Oriental gentleman. But, <laughs> but I only have to say the name Jesus, and I'm, I'm brought to tears. It's such... It is such a beautiful name. And here we are at this time of year, Christmas time, Christmas Eve, and we're all going to celebrate Christmas in one way or another. And the truth is, so many of us, but we share and celebrate Christmas, but we do it in different ways, yeah? Like we just do it in so many different ways. It all depends on your upbringing, your culture, your ethnicity, where you're located, you know? Um, if, if you're at my mum's house, every year my mum, I don't know why, but every year my mum makes a, a seafood salad. I don't know why she does that. I would much prefer her to make a lasagna. That's what she's good at, yeah? Um, at some places, some of your homes, you're opening presents tonight. Some of you will wait until tomorrow. Some of you may have, may have a tradition where you start a week out and yet, you know, and you start opening little gifts all the way through. It, we're all different, yet we're all the same because we're all celebrating the same saviour, the same Jesus, the same baby, you know? The scary part for us all in and amongst our Christmas traditions of lamb and chicken and hams is that um, we get so busy at this time of year. And uh, I know I was speaking to our neighbour only today and they've had a, a little bit of a rough time with the death in the family, but they were looking forward to going out to celebrate Christmas so they didn't have to cook and all that sort of stuff because they, they're just over all of that after all of the years. And I remember years ago... 
um, when our family were getting together at my brother and sister-in-law's, they actually, on Christmas Day, while we were there, they said, we're not doing this again. This is some, next year, it's someone else's turn. We're, we're over it. And I don't know if any of you ever get to that place where the celebration, you lose the celebration at the time of celebration. Yeah. I pray that that never happens. Yeah. I love the fact that all that time back then, it was five or six years ago, we put up our hand and said, we'll do it at our place. And so we did it at our place. And this year, we're doing it at our place again, aren't we, Mel? It's been great. We've got like 15, only small, 15, 16 people coming over. It's small for some sort of European background families. We've got friends of ours, actually, for those that are from Mount Clear, Mark and Kaz from Melton, they get together at Christmas. They actually hire out a youth campsite because there's 50 to 60 of them, right, that do Christmas over a week. Imagine that, yeah? Imagine the gifts, though, if you're a kid. Oh, wow. That, that would be phenomenal, wouldn't it? Like the cooking, though, that would drive me insane. Anyway, so all of us, we celebrate differently, different foods, different customs, different music. I know Ray and Vicky, they'll be probably playing country music at their place. You know, and let's face it, we know Santa's not going there because <laughs> of the country music. We know that. But we all, we all celebrate differently. But we all celebrate around the same person. And Joseph, and Joseph named him Jesus, yeah? You know, Christmas is all about Jesus, and Jesus is all about the promise. He is our promise, actually. He is a promise that was 700 years, yeah, in the making. 700 years in the making. And that's what I want to look about, uh, talk about. I want to talk about that promise, but I want to talk about Joseph as well. Because growing up, whether you're at kinder, whether you're at school, whether you're at church, Sunday school, every time you see a nativity scene, we're always talking about baby Jesus, we're talking about the animals, we're talking about straw, whether it was there or not, you know. We're talking about Mary, we're talking about the three wise men, but we know there was more than that, yeah. But Joseph, Joseph gets stitched. Like, like who goes, who in a play says, I want to be Joseph. No one wants to be Joseph. Like, they just don't. Like, he gets the raw end of the deal. He totally does. He hardly gets mentioned even in a play. Yet, yet, in Scripture, Matthew chapter 1 does well enough to recognize that an angel was coming to Joseph. So though we might forget him in all of our nativity stuff, and at this time of year, because we're focused on the babe and on the Virgin Mary, yeah, maybe there's something really important in Joseph for us um, today as we head into Christmas tomorrow. You know, Joseph was, I love this old word, he was betrothed to Mary. And, and betrothed is different from being engaged. It's not the same. See, to be betrothed is like being married but without sex. Every man goes, well, that's hopeless. <laughs> like, seriously, that's terrible. Why would you do that? I know, right? But the whole idea of that, bet that, bet that, that, bet that period of time was so that the husband-to-be could prepare his house to bring his wife home, yeah? And so Joseph was betrothed to Mary. And basically, they were joined together, but Mary would be living at her dad's place, yeah? She'd be living at her family home while he was getting the house ready. And in those days, men were a bit older. And uh, they would suggest that, you know, historians would suggest that Mary was probably 13 when she was first betrothed. I know in today's society, we go, and fair enough too, Back then, that was normal, you know, just to, to, to paint a picture. So here's Joseph, and he would have been walking around thinking, I'm going to get married. 
We're going to have babies. Everyone knows how babies are made. Good, glad. Didn't want to get into that because there's kids here. That's what he would have been thinking. We're going to have kids. Woohoo! Wedding night, he's a bloke. That's what he's thinking. Trust me. If he's thinking anything else, he's going to a counsellor. Yeah? <laughs> and he just gets his house set up. He's mansioned by the lake, you know. He's, he's furnished his house. He's finished all his shopping at Ikea. <laughs> his house is ready and he gets a message, probably some anonymous gutless text, you know, that says, hey, by the way, you're betrothed, your wife-to-be, she's pregnant. Now, I don't know about you, but if that was me, stop for a moment and think about it. You get this message that says, hey, by the way, you're betrothed, the one that you're waiting for, you're setting up your house for, she's pregnant. My first thought as an Italian male would be, who is he? I'm going to kill him. My second thought would be, who can I ring that can do it for me? Yeah. <laughs> But he must have been totally overwhelmed at the time, I figure, I'm figuring. He would have been feeling pain. He would have been feeling emotion. But, but I love Joseph because this is why it's so important that we look at him. Because Joseph, the Bible says that Joseph's a good man. We read that, yeah? And it says he was a good man because when he gets the news that Mary's pregnant, he decides that he's going to divorce her quietly. He's going to do it quietly. He's going to do it on the side. And that's, that's really important. Because Matthew 1.19 says, Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. He was going to do it privately, in secret. I think that's why God chose Joseph. Because even though Joseph was a man that lived in the Old Testament times, under the law, yeah, it was an Old Testament covenant that was consequences for what he just found out. yeah. Deuteronomy 22 says from verse 23, if a man happens to meet in a town a virgin pledged to be married and he sleeps with her, you shall take them both to the gate of that town and stone them to death. This is a happy Christmas message. <laughs> the girl, because she was in a town and did not scream for help, and the man, because he violated another man's wife, you must purge the evil from among you. That's the time that Joseph lived in. And he finds out that Mary's pregnant. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to do this quietly. I don't want people to find out. So the news that Joseph received about Mary, that was an automatic death sentence for her. You know? But God, knowing that his son Jesus was being sent into this household, made sure it was a household of grace. Yeah? Joseph said, no, 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 I may live under the law, but I'm not going to obey the law. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to pour grace on this woman, and I'm going to divorce her quietly so that she can live. I won't bring attention to her. I love Joseph because he reminds me of God. It sounds like the gospel message, really. I'm not going to count against her what has happened. I'm just going to do this quietly, not publicly. I don't know how, but I, I want to suggest that somewhere, somehow, Joseph had an encounter with God. It changed him from living under the law. It changed the way that he actually now dealt with Mary. It totally turned his life upside down. See, the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus draws, draws stuff from the inside of us, from our private places of our lives, so that he can heal it. But he does that privately, doesn't it? Jesus has never exposed any one of us or shamed any one of us. The private places of discouragement and shame, the places of things that we should never have done, Jesus deals with 
privately. And here's Joseph doing exactly the same thing before Jesus is even born. God made sure that Joseph was going to be the one that was betrothed to Mary because he knew that Joseph was full of grace. Sometimes you've got to enter the narrative. You've got to enter the story to find out what's going on and see how special things are. You know, if you were at church with us on Sunday, we were talking about how God plans things years before we get there to ensure that we have yet a meeting, an encounter with him. And I think this is another one of those moments. Joseph's just a man, but he's a good man. And I love the passage of Scripture because we read this really long passage of Scripture that I'm flicking back to just quickly. And he finds out that she's pregnant. yeah. And then the next thing you read after he finds out that she's pregnant is that an angel comes to him in a dream. <laughs> you might have missed that. He just gets the worst news of his life. And an angel came to him in a dream. That means he does, or he did, what most men do when we're overwhelmed and stressed. He went to sleep. <laughs> I can't deal with this. Like, think about it. He wasn't like, oh, Mary's pregnant. He made a conscious decision to go and lie down and to sleep. And in that sleep time, that rest time, that I'm totally overwhelmed, I can't deal with this right now, the angel of God comes and speaks to him. That's so, that's so good. I love that. Because you ask Mel, if I'm stressed out at home, if I make a coffee, I may raise my voice, only to this level, without a mic, and then I'll go and lie down. I'll just disappear. And then I'll hear Mel yelling out, dinner's ready. Samuel, go wake Dad. I think he's asleep. Sometimes I just go and lay down. And I figure that's just what men do. They'll have a drink, a coffee. They'll have something to eat. This is overwhelming at the moment. There's too much noise, too much happening. It's too much. I'm going to go and sleep. He goes and rests. And in his sleeping state, the angel of the Lord shows up and starts dealing with him there, yeah? It's really special because we're going to go to sleep in a few hours before the, you know, the day that we celebrate as Christmas, the birth of Jesus. Now, there are times when you and I, if we can learn anything from Joseph, there are times that you and I, we just need to let things go for a moment. We just need to be able to let things go and sit and rest. Not think about it. Close your eyes. Yes, in the busyness of it all. And it's in that moment that an angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph. Maybe it's in that moment that God will speak to us where we're at with what we're going through. Just maybe, yeah? That's why I think Joseph's so important. And the angel turns up <laughs> while he's asleep, really, and it begins to speak to him about things. And the first thing the angel talks to him about is this promise. This promise. In Matthew 1, verse 22 says, All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The angel's declaring to Joseph, Hey, it's not like you think it is. She hasn't done what you're presuming. 
This is God's plan for her. God's plan for humanity. This is God's plan for you. This is special. This is a promise. I've been baking this in the oven for 700 years. Isaiah 7.14 it's the original promise. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with a child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah's prophesying about a virgin conceiving a child. That child would be king. God was promising a Messiah. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we're celebrating this promise. We're celebrating this Messiah, the, the one that's supposed to bring us back into right relationship with God, our Father, Yeah, the creator of everything. See, we celebrate Christmas because it's about God keeping his promise. Keeping his promise. Isaiah 9, 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a beautiful scripture that describes Jesus. God's promise in Isaiah, he's describing Jesus 700 years ago. But it's coming to pass now. That's what we're celebrating now. Yeah? I know we've got Santa and gifts and all that sort of stuff, but that's what we're celebrating. Ross put it really well as we were singing our carols. This is the moment that the story writer writes himself into the story. Yeah? So here's the thing for us to know today. If it took 700 years for Jesus to come to pass, what God has promised some of you will come to pass. You've got to hear this. Yeah, if ever you're going to receive a gift at Christmas, receive that. What God has promised you, what you know he's laid on your heart, but you've not yet seen, what God has promised will come to pass. What God has spoken in your life, he will bring it to pass. And the thing is, it might not happen in our lifetime. Took 700 years from Isaiah to Matthew, 700 years. It might not, the promise that he's given you might not happen in your lifetime but it will happen in your lifeline. Yeah? That's enough to be happy and celebrate Christmas for. God, I remember that promise. I have no idea how it's going to pan out. I don't know how you're going to bring it to pass, but I'm going to believe it for me and my family somewhere, somehow, one day. I know that you're good and faithful. I think that's almost enough, isn't it? I believe one of the promises spoken over this church and, and for this church is about Ballarat. I don't believe the, the way that we see Ballarat today will be the Ballarat that we see tomorrow. I think there's more for Ballarat. I believe that totally. may not happen in our lifetime, but it might ha happen in the lifeline and the lifetime of our children. Now, what's God promised you? What has God promised you in the years past that haven't come to pass yet? What's he promised you? Why don't we march into next year saying, this is going to be the year that I see some of these promises. Why don't we step out in faith and grab hold of the promises instead of thinking, oh, God, you, you know, man, like you said, but you didn't. Like anyone had those moments with God? No? I do. Often. God, you told me I was going to have a six-pack. I was going to be six foot two. I was only going to weigh 80 kilos. Look at me. No? Like sometimes we have moments where we're just upset with God, yeah? Some of you are thinking, I thought you had a six-pack. Thank you. <laughs> Let's believe in the promises of God. Let's believe in them. 
You know, in Romans 4.20 says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God while he was holding on to the promise. What has God promised you? That like, like Jesus, he will bring it to pass. You know, the angel was saying to Joseph, relax. God's got this. Don't stress. It's his promise. And I, and I love how Joseph finds out that his betrothed is pregnant because of the Holy Spirit. It's not a man, it's the Holy Spirit. Just imagine if you got that news. Hi, John. I love you, my son. Judy's pregnant, but not from you. It's from the Holy Spirit. Now, in today's day and age, you, we'd probably lock you up. That's a really good thought. I don't know how that one pans out. I wonder if Joseph was one of those people thinking, all right, you, now, 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 you're taking the mickey out of me. You're making a fool of me here. What do you mean the Holy Spirit? Yeah? What, what do you mean the Holy You've got to remember the Holy Spirit hasn't even come yet. He's got no idea. Like this is brand spanking. This is freaking his mind at Christmas. When you think you're busy getting dinners and lunches and all that stuff ready and mayhem and you're stressed, imagine poor Joseph. Smack in the middle of that. You know, Matthew 1.20 says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Christmas is, isn't only about gifts, but it is. And it's not only about roast chickens or roast lambs, but it is. It's not only about family and friends, and it is. We celebrate Jesus because Christmas points, points us to one of the gifts that comes with Jesus, and that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah? You know, we often talk about the Father, we talk about the Son, but when was the last time we really talked about Holy Spirit? Right now, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you ever said, yes, I believe in you, Jesus, you've received his Spirit. Yeah, I'm just putting it out there on Christmas Eve. You've actually got a gift that keeps on giving already. You have the promised Holy Spirit living inside you. And, you know, people often say, I, I, I don't feel the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, you could have a cold or a virus within you that hasn't yet manifested itself. You don't always feel what's going on on the inside. Yeah. But because we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit... I, you have to hear me, will begin to manifest on the outside of us. Yeah, The Holy Spirit will actually start to change us and you and I will be different. Different all because of, of a baby that came at Christmas. All because of the birth of Jesus. See, God's going to change some of us from being pessimists. And my wife, Melanie, will tell you sometimes, you know, well, you're all happy at church, but when you get home, you're all... Ugh. If she ever says that to you, it's not true. The way you see me here, I'm always like this at home. I'm always happy. Nothing gets me down ever. I'm just going to step to the left in case the lightning comes. My left anyway. 
You know, some of us have been so down, so discouraged about our marriage, our kids, our family. But I just want to say that Holy Spirit is going to bring change. You and I, we're not going to be the same man or the same woman that we were once we receive this gift. Joy will become our strength. Hey, Joseph, the Holy Spirit is the reason that Mary's pregnant. And that son, name him Jesus, because he's the Messiah. Emmanuel, he's the promise. Joseph was asleep. What's so impossible in your life today, just before Christmas, that you have to go to sleep and let God deal with it? Maybe there's something you just need to let go. Yeah, and just sleep on it and let God do what he has to do. Sleep represents rest. What would happen if we just went to sleep and rested in him? You know what I love? I love this. I I truly do love this. In the Bible, it tells us that Adam went to sleep. And when he woke up, there was a naked woman by his side. Oh, what a gift! Was I too excited with that? In other words, the point of that was just to say, stop looking for Mr. and Mrs. Wright. Sometimes you just got to sleep on it. And when you open your eyes, maybe God's brought to you what you've always desired, the promise that he's given you that you've been waiting for, yeah? We need to sleep because it's God that will bring the promise to pass. It's God that will bring our promises to pass. We need to rest and we need the power of his Holy Spirit to rest in him. You know, the same Holy Spirit that was the reason for Mary being pregnant is in you and I right now at this Christmas time. And the fulfillment of the promise within Mary is going to be the fulfillment of the promise within you. So I have a question for us on Christmas Eve. What is Holy Spirit birthing in you? What is Holy Spirit birthing in you? What promise have you forgotten about? What is Holy Spirit birthing in you? It's so easy to get distracted from what, what's really important at Christmas time because life is just so busy, so busy, and we're all so distracted. But if the enemy can't discourage you, he's going to distract you. And this Christmas, some of us need to stop. Some of us need to rest. Some of us just need to sleep and rest in him and trust that he'll deal with it, yeah? In the same way he spoke to Joseph, the Holy Spirit will speak to us. I love Joseph. The Holy Spirit will reveal the promise of God in our lives the same way he did for that man. Why don't we stand? Now I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Are you ready? If you're a guest with us, I apologize. I'm not meaning to make you feel uncomfortable. But if you look around the room, everyone else is going to be repeating this. If anyone in the room doesn't repeat, just point at them like that. (laughs) That will ensure everyone repeats it, I figure. I don't know. Maybe just start pointing now. But this is what I want you to repeat. Are you ready? Say, Holy Spirit, Spirit. speak to me. me. All right. Now we're going to do it a little bit louder. You ready? (laughs) Come on. Yes. Well done, I love that. Holy Spirit, Spirit. this Christmas, Christmas. speak to me. me. Cool, amen. God is saying to all of us right now to stop, yeah, 
to sleep and to rest because it's in that you're actually going to get the gift that we all need, yeah? The answer to a promise that he's laid within your heart. And he'll do that through Holy Spirit, amen? Joseph listened. He stopped. He rested. He heard from God. And a 700-year-old promise was fulfilled. We only celebrate Christmas because Joseph listened. We only celebrate Christmas because Joseph stopped. We only celebrate Christmas because he rested and heard the angel. If he had not, we wouldn't be having this night to celebrate together. So why don't we take that on board, the promise that's within us, that he wants to birth through the Holy Spirit. and Maybe we can hear while we're resting and we're sleeping this Christmas time. Amen? Have a wonderful Christmas in Jesus' name. Now, we've got some gifts to give away, I believe.